0: Today on The Ticker Tapes, we hear from Macy, whose life changed dramatically in November 2022, when she started down a journey she'd never thought she'd be on at the age of 18.
1: It's just scary knowing that you have to just flip your life around with a click of a finger. You know, it happened overnight. It's not not like it's been developing for months. I've literally had to change my life overnight.
0: From the British Heart Foundation, I'm Sarah Marsh, and on the ticker tapes, we hear from people living with heart and circulatory conditions. On this episode, Macy tells me how falling ill with what she thought was a sickness bug was actually just the beginning of an incredibly difficult few months, culminating in her discovering she has the inherited heart condition, dilated cardiomyopathy. Macy tells me how she's coped with going from a busy job and social life and being incredibly independent to having to rely on family and friends for the simplest things and what it's like to be told you may need a heart transplant in the future when you're only 18. Macy, thank you so much for joining us today on The Ticker Tapes. I wondered if we could start by you describing life as it was for you back in the early autumn of last year before everything happened.
1: Uh, So I was a hairstylist. I was working in a salon as an apprentice. I also did a pub job on the side. Both of these jobs were 100 miles an hour, running around all day, on my feet all day. I also have a horse on the side as well, so I was doing that. So in the morning and evening, I'd be there. Um, So pretty full, long days um, running around. Even on my days off, I was still keeping myself busy, Um, busy bee all the time,
0: yeah. Yeah. And then it was late October that you fell ill with what you thought was a sickness bug. And that was the start of your heart health journey. So can you explain how your symptoms developed from there? What happened?
1: Yeah, so it was mainly just feeling really tired while I was in the salon. Always quite chirpy and happy. And I just started feeling just generally quite beaten down and tired. And walking upstairs and stuff, I was kind of catching myself getting out of breath at the top of the stairs. But yeah, eventually, me and Will went away with his parents, and um, I just fell ill, started being really, really sick, which we thought was just a tummy bug or something else. And yeah, just just generally, just couldn't walk anywhere. Um, I do love walking generally. Me and my mum walk miles, and yeah, going for like short walks. And I just, I was just knackered.
0: Yeah, I remember you saying to me it was quite dramatic because it got to the stage where you couldn't even climb the stairs in your own house without sort of yeah. literally gasping for breath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That must have been quite scary, was it for you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah,
1: you know when you've got a cold, it's it. It just wasn't the same. You know, when you when you're feeling tired because of a cold or some flu, it's completely different to what I was feeling. I I almost knew that there was something
0: quite quite wrong. So, did you have like a slight feeling of dread that there was something more to this? Yeah, yeah, and then. You actually checked your heart rate, didn't you? You brought your mum, Danny's smartwatch and you checked your heart rate and it was very high. Yeah, yeah. So you went to see your GP who then referred you to hospital. So what happened when you arrived at hospital?
1: First of all, I didn't really know what was going on. They couldn't understand why my heart rate was so high because all of my blood tests and stuff were coming back clear and everything was fine on them um but eventually yeah i think they'd, they they did realize it was something quite serious going on with my heart because it wasn't wasn't pumping as normal it was just really struggling so yeah they ended up moving me onto the ward and it was just kind of a waiting game really because i didn't really get
0: diagnosed until three or four weeks down the line mm. and that's quite scary in itself isn't it you're cuz you were in hospital for almost a month yeah. without really getting many answers until a few weeks into that so I mean, how did they explain to you what was happening to you? And I, I know that they found that your heart was significantly enlarged, and they did mention the name of this condition, cardiomyopathy, which you hadn't heard before. But nothing was conclusive. So, how was your health in the hospital? How were you feeling? And what was it like, not really knowing what was going on?
1: It was scary. But my way of thinking, I just push it to the side and it should get on. Really, just, I just tend not to worry about things. But, but yeah, it was. It was. It was it was uncomfortable for me because i like knowing what's going on and it was literally the unknown for weeks and weeks and weeks but generally in hospital i didn't feel horrendously unwell mm-hmm. um i was always like oh, i'm fine i'm fine but obviously everybody else around me was like you're really not very well yeah <laughs> but yeah he, he kind of, the consultant said that it quite often happens in younger people where they can feel fine but actually the the real health is really quite critical um, okay. But yeah. Generally, I was just—it was just very scary. Just.
0: Yeah, the unknown, and I remember yeah. you saying that your mum was really worried. Yeah, yeah. As mums tend to do, but I mean, seeing how concerned your mum Danny was, that must have mm. been. Yeah. Quite worrying for you.
1: Yeah, well, it's it's heartbreaking because obviously you never like seeing your parents in in distress or upset, but yeah, it, I think. <sighs> God, I think it was actually
0: harder for my parents than it was for me. When they mentioned the name of this condition, this inherited heart muscle condition, cardiomyopathy, to you, what was your reaction to that? Was it like, well, how can I possibly have this condition that I've never heard of? Is this actually right? How did you react to being told that?
1: Yeah, I was really shocked because, you know, it's always older people that get these kind of conditions. And I was just, I was a little bit confused at the start because I was like, how have I managed to at such a young age get such such a heart condition like this you know yeah it was I went like a wave it was I was sad very sad and then I was angry
0: and then I was you know I was all right at the end but but yes so it's like emotional roller coaster of you know why why has this happened to me and I think it's really interesting what you say as well about before this happened to you thinking oh you know, these kind of conditions, older people have them. And obviously you're living proof now that that's not the case, Yeah. but it's such a hard way to find out, you know, yeah. to be diagnosed with it yourself at the age of 18. Yeah. Really difficult. So when you were stable, so after, you know, just under a month, you when you were stable, you were allowed to go home. Yes. Um, you still hadn't been conclusively diagnosed with cardiomyopathy at this stage. And I know that you thought going home would probably be, make things easier, but actually in some aspects it was much harder for you, wasn't it, than you expected because your mum basically became your full-time carer. How was that for both of you? That must have been very difficult at the age of 18 to accept that. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was awful. And I did think when I was in hospital, I was so excited to get home. And then I got home and I felt, I actually felt worse um, physically than I did when I was in hospital. I felt really, really unwell. Yeah. Which just made it even harder because obviously my mum, my dad, everybody around me is thinking, "Oh my gosh, she's going to be great when she gets home." And obviously, I just—it was almost like a massive decrease from when I was in hospital. Mm. It was—it was really difficult, and obviously having your mum and your, your boyfriend and your dad like helping you out the bath, it's, yeah, you know, it's a bit humiliating at this age because it's—you know—you're meant to be independent, and um, but yeah. I mean, it has to be one of the most
0: difficult few months of my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which And that makes complete sense. And, it's, and actually, because when you say you were feeling really ill, it was things like you needed help getting off the sofa,
1: you needed yeah. help
0: washing your hair, just the yeah. simplest things that we all take for granted. Mm-hmm. And you've got your boyfriend and your mum helping you to do those. Yeah. So that must have been very... Especially as someone who's always been so independent and yeah, proactive... Yeah and positive, Mm. that must have been really hard for you. Yeah, it was awful. At the same time as you were undergoing tests to try to determine the cause of your heart problems, you were also told, weren't you, that you might have to undergo a heart transplant at some point in the future if your heart function didn't improve.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And again, that's an enormous thing to process, especially at your age. How did you feel... When you were told this might be a possibility of undergoing a heart transplant at some point in your future,
1: uh, in some parts of me, I was terrified. But in the others, I feel like I, I dealt with it quite well because when you get told bad news like over and over again, you just kind of get used to it. Yeah. Um, but there's moments. There is a lot of moments where it's just been me and mum alone, and it's been you know, when we're going to our appointments in Manchester, which still happen, it's still a, it's still quite a high possibility it's going to happen just further on in the future. Mm. Um we still just we still just get that awful gut feeling every time we go. We both feel sick. It's it's never a nice it's never a nice experience when we go to Manchester. Even though they're all lovely there, it's just it's it's just awful. It's you know, the idea of it. It's just yeah. more the idea of going through being unwell again because I'm starting to feel a little bit better now most days. It's just the idea of, of going back in and being unwell for months and months that, that really yeah. scares me.
0: Yeah, and I think that's completely normal reaction to have. I mean, as you say, you're under the team, the transplant team at Withenshaw Hospital, yeah. and they're obviously brilliant. And the situation has improved, hasn't it? And like you've, yeah. just, you've just referred to that in that if you do need a transplant, it's not going to be as imminent because your heart function has improved. So Mm -hmm. the current situation is looking brighter, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, definitely. So physically you're in a better place now. Um, You've responded well to the meds. They put you on. You haven't got as much breathlessness as you did have more good days than bad days. So how is life? I know you haven't been able to go back to work yet, but are you able to, to go and see Mojo your horse more? Are you able to do more socially with Will? What, is life looking like now?
1: Yeah, I'm doing. A, I'm doing a lot more now. i mean I'm uh, going to up to see a a lot more, going e- every other day or, or once a week. Just really depends on how I'm how I'm doing. But yeah, me and me and Will are having having a lot more dates and going out more and socialising a bit more. Yeah, everything is looking a bit brighter. I still do have have my my bad days. Yeah, it's like I've just been put on a new medicine called Entresto, which. I've been on for about three weeks and I felt pretty okay. rotten on on that for the past few okay. weeks Been been quite sick and quite breathless but it seemed to coming out the other end of it now but
0: yeah but yeah I mean life is, it is it's a lot better than what it was it's it's lovely that you mentioned about you and Will going on dates because he's been such a big support for you and interestingly you guys had only been together a few months yeah when this all happened and so you really know you found a good one when somebody is, he's been by your side through the whole thing, hasn't he?
1: Yeah, hes he's been a really good egg, bless him.
0: <laughs> oh. He's
1: been amazing, honestly. I can not I can't fault him in any way. He's been absolutely great through all of this.
0: Yeah, and that's a lovely, positive side to your story, but really yeah. nice that you guys are sort of getting to go back and do the dates that maybe you would have done otherwise at the start of your relationship, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How about your mental health now? How is that? How are you feeling? Have you had any counselling? Have you? Are you feeling in a in a better place in terms of your mental health than you were at the start of the year?
1: Um, I would say I'm actually worse now, and um, it's more because everything that everything that's going on, I still don't have an answer. You know, I, I I'm almost a little bit like I want to plan my life now, and I still can't. Yeah. You know, I'm. I'm booked in for a DFib now, which will be happening sometime in the next couple of months. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still the the unknown because they're all they're still talking about doing a transplant, and I just yeah it, that that still just worries me, and I'm upset about not being able to to get on with life almost yeah. because I know at some point I'm going to have to stop and redo it all again. Um, it's a bit
0: like living in limbo, isn't it?
1: Yeah, a little bit. Um, I've never I've never felt like I've needed to have counselling through it all I'm quite quite a positive person I don't really yeah I don't really need need it I'm not in a position where I feel like I need to I've got enough people around me who yeah. support me like my mum my boyfriend my dad everybody, everybody around me is here for me but I yeah. have a lot more up days than I do down days so
0: yeah that's I mean that's really good and you've got a really good support network but like you say yeah. I think sometimes it's when you're adapting to this kind of new chapter of your life because yeah. obviously this only sort of happened to you from November last year, so it's less than a year. But equally yeah. now, life looks different for you and how you imagined it would. And that adapting to that long-term is really hard, isn't it? Yeah, yeah.
1: It's just scary knowing that you have to just flip your life around with a click of a finger. It You know, it happened mm. overnight. It's not... It's not like it's been developing for months. I've literally had to change my life
0: overnight and it's quite scary. Yeah, it happened so quickly for you. The BHF's life-saving research is giving hope to so many people. If you would like to support our work, please consider a donation by going to bhf.org.uk forward slash donate pod. So you've also undergone genetic testing and you have been officially diagnosed now with a particular type of cardiomyopathy, which is dilated cardiomyopathy, which mm-hmm. is an inherited heart muscle condition. Yes. And not only that, your elder brother Monty has been diagnosed with it as well. Um, although he's currently asymptomatic, he's going to now be monitored regularly. So how has it been for you adjusting to the diagnosis and also how is Monty doing?
1: Monty's been actually surprisingly great with it he's not because he's not showing any symptoms he's not you know he's still carrying on with life as normal really he's under the team at Airedale which have been amazing with him they monitor him monthly probably less than monthly but yeah he's 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 been great with it you know he's, Mm he's he's mentally happy about it all obviously it's not a nice situation for him to be in but yeah he's been he's been great with it he's he's been as positive as as me and everybody else really
0: how's it been for you like you say you don't know how things are gonna pan out and what your health journey is going to look like going ahead you have to take it day by day but you at least you do have there's a condition now there's a reason I suppose has that helped or has it made things more difficult or I feel like for me it's made things difficult because I've
1: I've always wanted a family and obviously now it's going to be a lot harder. It's going to be a, a bigger process to go through if I do want kids. They have confirmed to me. My consultant has said you you cannot have them myself. So it'd have to be through a surrogate, right. um, which which it really really upset me because I've always wanted to do it by myself and you know naturally. Yeah. Apart from that, it's not really changed my opinion on it to be honest. Um, it's not really changed anything for me because it's just, no. it, you know, it's it's just a it's a gene, you know. Yeah. I mean, it was it was going to be fifty fifty, really, because Monty got it. I think we already knew that it was going to be genetic anyway. And then
0: your mum and dad, they're, they're waiting to go undergo genetic testing. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And they've that... just yeah,
1: they've just had a blood tests for it, so it shouldn't be too okay. long until we know
0: who. And then they'll, it. they'll be able to find out which side of the family it's come yeah. from I guess yeah and yeah. that's that family tree aspect to it I suppose is interesting because you'll be able to trace back which side it's come from but on a practical level it, like you say it doesn't really help you it's a name of a condition it's kind of a, yeah. a factual thing but it doesn't change all the emotions surrounding living yeah. with it um and you did mention there. I was going to ask you because I know that that's a a very personal thing but you've been really brave in speaking out about it um that you have had a conversation with your consultant about having children. And yeah. obviously you're only 18, but I know that you have always been very clear that you wanted a family and you want mm-hmm. children. And you have been told that carrying a child like yourself, as you've just said, will be too difficult um, yeah. because of the risks, the significant risk to your heart health. Has that been the hardest thing for you, do you think?
1: Yeah, through everything, even with Manchester, it, that's the one thing that's that's really got me down about everything, really is the the aspect of, of not having kids which to some people is probably really stupid but um but so to me it's always been been one of the things I've really really wanted to do is have my own family and do it all mm. all myself but there is loads of different ways it's just oh, you know, we're not sh- we're not sure yet it's all a little bit like the unknown again really so yeah it's it's just not knowing until we get to that situation of where we decide to have them it's We'll just have to see,
0: really. But waiting and seeing can be hard, as you say, and it's it's another yeah. strand to your story that's been really difficult for you. And 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 I think you know you are you're not nineteen yet. Yeah. This eighteenth year is not what you expected. It was life was going to be like. You've had to cope with so much, Macy, at such a young mm-hmm. age in such a short space of time, and you're a really strong person. I mean, how how has it been for you? sort of coping with it at such a young age? Did it feel like at certain points that you were quite isolated? Did it feel like um, you were the... Because it must, I suppose, have felt at certain points like you were the only person of your age that this has happened to because it's not as common to hear stories like yours where somebody yeah. of your age is going through this. Was that quite difficult for you?
1: It was at the start because I didn't, I didn't know about the British Heart Foundation and what you guys did. Um, it was only until a nurse in the Leeds General Infirmary Hospital had put me on to looking onto onto these stories, mm-hmm. so I went on Instagram and saw how many other people, like really quite young young children, have it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, actually, you know what? I'm not I'm not alone in in having a condition like this. There's lots of other people around me who do have it. Yeah, it was just in hospital. I was just around a lot of other old people. I was the only young young person on the ward um and lots of nurses around you going oh you're the little baby of the ward and it's (laughs) so then it does it does it makes you feel like you know I'm I'm the only person who has this it's really weird but yeah but no yeah I mean it helped me massively with all the stories on on Instagram
0: and which is which is brilliant you know to know that you know the, the BHF has been able to support you in that way and was that Um, one of the reasons that you wanted to share your own story in the hope that it might be of help to someone you know who's around your age a teenager or early 20s going through something like this
1: yeah 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 definitely 100% it was because as much as I had everybody around me in hospital there was a lot of moments where I did feel quite alone with it and especially when, you, when your parents or your family are going away after visiting hours and you are on your own in hospital and yeah. you do just sit in your mind, which it really isn't it really isn't good for you. And It's the one thing that really, really helped me through it is looking at the other people who have this condition and yeah. how they've dealt with it and how they're dealing with it now. Um, it's just the one thing that got me through and this is what I really, really want to do for somebody else who yeah. may be in my situation in hospital, feeling quite alone and, you know, upset about it.
0: Yeah. It's a really admirable thing, though. I think, like you say, like, just by talking about something, it makes it less scary. Yeah. Just by sharing stories is so important. It's one way. There's, like, you can feel more of a sense of community or connection to other people. And as you say, although people perhaps don't realize that things like this can happen to people of your age they absolutely can you're living proof of that and heart conditions can impact anyone of any age at any time that's what we say and you know you are the living embodiment of that so by sharing your story as you say someone maybe at the start of their journey can see from hearing from you that there is life after diagnosis you know life does go on and you will reach a place where things look brighter yeah, absolutely. So we've talked a little bit about the fact that you're physically, you're doing much better than you were. And although obviously there's still those sort of mental health challenges for you, you do have, you know, you've got in more good days than bad days. You're doing more now, like with horse riding, socializing more. What are your hopes for the future now? Is it is it something where you're trying not to look too far ahead or, or what would you like where would you like to be in six months' time?
1: I want to be back at work and doing my my job. I think unfortunately, um, work has had to had to let me go because it's not going really, really going to work with with mm. what I've got because I won't be able to go back full time. And unfortunately, they were they were struggling without having me in the salon. But they provided me to go to go back when I have turned nineteen to finish off the rest of my apprenticeship. Mm -hmm. which I can't wait because I I mean I'm turning 19 in in a couple of months so not even that a couple of weeks so um I'll be excited to just get back there and just just start doing what, what I love doing again really yeah um I just want to be out on the horse more as well I want to be getting out and out and about on him but yeah so all hopes for that
0: yeah exactly and and like you say you are such a positive person the fact that you're determined to sort of keep going and whatever life throws at you I think it's it's amazing, really, because so many people would probably be sitting in a room sobbing. And, you you know, you have just got on with it, haven't you? You've, yeah. you've just tried to put one foot in front of the other and just keep moving forward. That's the best thing you can do. I think that's the thing is to hold on to that, isn't it? That the future is bright. And you've touched a little bit on how the BHF was able to support you in terms of storytelling and hearing from other people with a similar condition to yours but in terms of the research that the bhf funds that's obviously had a big impact on you because the work that the charity is funding is looking into cures for conditions like cardiomyopathy improving outcomes for people living with it um, improving treatments how do you feel about the research side of the bhf and the work that the charity funds
1: oh it's absolutely amazing it's i <laughs> I mean it it for somebody like me, it puts a massive amount of positivity into me, knowing that in the future there could be a cure for something I have or other people have and it's gonna help millions, millions of people. you know I mean there's so many people with with my condition that you know even even elderly elderly people, which could be a massive massive help for them having a cure for it and I just think it's it's fascinating.
0: And it just, like you say, it gives. I suppose it gives you hope, does it? Yeah, that, yeah, that things, yeah, absolutely. Because things are changing so quickly all the time, and funding this this science is is the best thing that we can do to make the future look even brighter, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, thank you so much for taking the time to appear on the ticket tapes today, and good luck with everything. But lovely to speak to you. Thank you very much. The BHF is currently funding research into dilated cardiomyopathy. There is currently no cure for the condition, but the BHF is committed to funding cutting-edge science that can improve outcomes for people living with DCM. Dr. Brian Halliday is based at London's Imperial College and is undertaking a randomized controlled trial in people living with DCM, like Macy. It will test whether a particular drug can help the hearts of DCM patients to recover, but the BHF can only continue to fund such vital work with your support. If you've got any questions or concerns about your heart or circulatory health and would find it helpful to speak with a cardiac nurse on the BHF's heart helpline, go to our website at bhf.org.uk forward slash helpline, where you'll find all the contact options. You'll also find useful information in the episode notes and on our website bhf.org.uk. If you've got your own heart story or have any thoughts about this episode, please get in touch by emailing the ticker tapes at bhf.org.uk. See you next time on The Ticker Tapes.